0: Hello there and welcome back to the Random Horror Show. We are back. Back in Texas. I'm back in Texas. Yay. In my own element um here recording this Rinky Dink podcast in the Iron Pine Curtain of East Texas. Thank you for listening and for my OG listeners, thank you so much with your listening ears. You have great cheat taste in podcast listening. And of course, here at the Random Horror Show, where we film commentary just being silly and random and just throw it off with horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure, and movies, television, and books. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I just got back from Florida, had a lovely time, need to stay there at least by like a whole two to four weeks down there. And also, I'm going to be taking applications in the month of January. So when I take another road trip, it doesn't matter if it's Florida or anywhere else like that. Um, The position that I'm going to be uh, posting is for a, you can be a rental uh, boyfriend or a rental husband. (laughs) You can be a temp. You can be a temp boyfriend, temp husband, temp fiance. And with this position, I'm going to be putting in, um, it's going to be a W-9. You have to have, like, all the requirements. I will screen the shit out of you to see if you are really qualified to be my rental husband, rental boyfriend, rental fiance whenever I take road trips. Now, you have to work for this. Oh, me. Oh, me. I am so, so tired. Um, it was fun. It was really great just going uh through all the different states. Uh, we stopped in Alabama, and I tried this. Last time I went there, and I was like, what is this? I thought it was Bridget's, but it's briskettes. And so it's in Alabama. It's like a chain texas roadhouse or something like that but it's a little bit different um shout out to my waiter kenneth um he is the coolest he had i'm glad we got a great waiter while he was waiting um on us and stuff um i had the filet mignon my son had the brisket uh, burger um Kenneth kind of told me that there's people there that actually slap ketchup and ranch dressing on their steak, and I was just like, that is some savage ass shit. That is so uncivilized. And I noticed there was a guy right in front of us who he was ear hustling. I don't know why this guy. I'm like, you need to pay attention to the damn food and your uh, big. Your, your big, you know, uh, 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 dumpster, girlfriend, wife, whatever she is to you. Quit uh, ear hustling with me and Kenneth uh, talking about. I'm on a road trip. I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. Uh, by the way, he told me that he's going to go see Tool in New Orleans. And I was like, bro, you're gonna going to be going be in New I was like, oh, shit, he's a Tool fan. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome right there. And, um, of course we chit chat about tool and perfect circle. And, um, I let him know, I was like, Hey, since y'all going to make it like a road trip, I say, like, you know, if you ever went zip lining, there's a place that is, that's about like five, six, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, driving to new Orleans from where I'm at is seven hours. So I don't know, maybe like six or seven hours. I don't know. Um, that was a long ass road to drive in New Orleans. I mean, you know, in Louisiana, especially in 49. Oh my God, there is nothing out there. But I told him, I was like, it's on the edge of the Louisiana, Texas border. It's called Gator and Friends. And they have zip lining and you can zip line, um, throughout the farm. They have lots of exotic animals. Of course, I went zip lining through there a couple of years back when the guy I was dating. And I was just waiting when I was, Uh, a zip line to the finish (laughs) the finish line and I was looking down I was like man I can't wait for that big ass alligator from Lake Placid to jump up and just no you know just like just tear a piece of my just tear a piece of my jumpsuit you know have like the little booty out and everything just have like a a big old gator hole you know where this gator jumps out because it was uh, we go over the the pond the little lake that they have for all the gators and there's a lot of gators in there too badly the gators are too lazy to jump up out of the water because they got too used to it like everybody ziplining over them so they're just like there's no reason and I was just like man I want some Lake plastic shit right there that would have been a really cool story but the gator said I'm, I'm so tired but gators are very interesting. They're like dinosaurs. And I can you could tell with like from female gators and like male gators. That shit is so awesome. I even petted a little baby alligator. They're so cool. It is. It's like touching a dinosaur. Like some rah, Jurassic Park shit or something. Well, tonight's podcast is going to be New Year's Evil. It's a 1989 horror slasher mystery film. Um, very interesting um, from what I gathered from it. Because I was like, no, I'm just going to make an- another podcast before the year is over with. And I say, what can I just pick? And I say, New Year's Evil. And New Year's Evil is one of those... Slasher films that, um, like I said in a couple of podcasts back, this is where the beginning of like all the the, the slashers of like you know killing women and da 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 and all this stuff and and of course you know you and there's a black person here who did not even last probably like ten minutes within the movie, and um, what I actually got the whole plot of the movie. And I actually figured out who was the serial killer um in this movie. It starts off with um Diane Sullivan, which is played by Ross Kelly. She was in Happy Days. I remember seeing her. And she's a redhead. And I'm trying to get my hair. This is a red is like that too. It's kind of like a brown right now. And she had hosts this little show. It's kind of like a Dick Clark countdown but the music that she plays is nothing but punk rock um at this time disco was phasing the fuck out it was already dead so punk rock was like coming in punk rock had a uh very gritty uh undertone with it a lot of people didn't like uh people that were into punk rock because of the the you know the mohawks the colored hair the the you know, the tattoos, some of them didn't have tattoos, but the, you know, the leather jackets and all the spikes and blah, blah, blah. Um, punk rock was very, very popular, especially on the West Coast. Uh, it's also popular on the East Coast also. So like when us down here in country, round right down in the South, uh, we had to have like cable or MTV or usually, you know mtv to like actually get that action of punk rock um a lot of times like music of that genre did not come down here until like years and years later um punk rock uh you know had bands like the clash you know the biggest one rocking the Casbar and of course clash always came out with some more music should i stay or should i go down nah, 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 nah. you know you had blondie and um you know which spurred a little bit later on whenever No Doubt came out No Doubt was like that ska kind of punkish um feel with it with Gwen Stefani um you have the Offspring who actually did kept it real with the punk rock and stuff so like when Offspring came out I think like people around here thought it was like the biggest concept or whatever and I was just like no that's just straight up punk rock uh you know you have to You know, know about the punk rock and shit back in the day. Um, But she hosts like a show, like I said, it's a Dick Clark type of thing. Um, Punk rock was like really, really in. Um, She's been getting some weird phone calls. And the guy who is on the phone keeps telling her, you know, he is evil. And that he's going to murder a person at every um, time zone, which turns midnight. Remember, this is New Year's Eve. So, like every time zone that hits, like from Eastern Time all the way to Pacific, he does a murder. And guess who he murders? He murders single young women. And the guy, the murderer, the serial killer, is very, 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 very extremely close to her. And, of course, she has a son named Derek. Um, He's a little bit off the hinges, too. So, we kind of have, like, that like father, like son, you know, kind of like type of thing, you know, with Dexter and Harrison, which is um, in this new Dexter series. And I still need to go and catch that right there because Dexter is an evolved monster i like dexter dexter still is in the wrong but i like dexter you know what i'm saying but he but i read that he did he did dexter did make a lot of damn mistakes in the first you know he did he extremely made a lot a lot of damn mistakes um which caused you know debbie to die like worth you know even though you couldn't stand her ass you know she was just shitty at her job um you know, you had Rita that got killed, but with Diane, you know, the show must continue on, and it's very, very, um, extremely, how would I put it, annoying that Diane has to, like, hear this guy playing these recordings of these women that he is murdering, and the police are involved, um, it was, it was very interesting, um, it's kind of like the whole, how would I put it? This is like an incel type of movie where at the time, you know, we have the, the coin of incel. But um, back in the 80s, um, this is just a very nice clean cut guy that murders women. And we just wonder, like, why is this dude murdering women? Um, And like I said, there's a twist involved with it. Like I said, you can figure out the plot yourself because really the plot... Um, it was easy to figure it out. But a uh, further ado, we're gonna go ahead and take a break and hear from our sponsor from Anchor FM. Happy New Years to everybody from the Random Horror Show. Thank you for listening. Our tonight's podcast is New Year's Evil. A 1980 film, slasher horror mystery film. And thank you for listening. And of course, here at the Random Horror Show, where we're film commentating, being silly and random, just being thrown off in horror, science fiction, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure in movies, television, and books. And thank you so much for listening. You have really great cheap taste in podcast listening. We're out. Of Florida and back into the iron pine curtain of East Texas. I ha- I'm still super tired. I did not go party. I slept all yesterday because I was feeling under the weather, and no, it's not Omnicron Transformer Decepticon, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not that, it's my sinuses because of the weather change. And I'm telling you, we have the most bipolar weather um, I have ever um, endured of my 43 years here in Texas. I'm rather quite sick of it. Um, interesting enough, the humidity in Florida is kind of like about like the same like ours. But they don't have nothing dumb with it. <laughs> like ours. It's not going to be snowing down there anytime soon, I tell you that. Well, anyways, um, I have been listening to some more um podcasts, um, horror podcasts, as you know. Now, um, I have been in contact with First Class Horror. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I just want to make sure, you know, so I won't sound like a doofus or whatever. Um, it is called Class Horror Cast, Class Horror, class, First Class, what First Class Horror, I am so sorry I messed that up for you, but, um, it is hosted by Aaron Doyle, and this is Ireland's biggest and best horror related content, um, I listened to some of his, um, really, really great stuff on his podcast, and he definitely have a lot of people that have, um, came on the podcast. You have, um, William Monroe, you have Patrick Luzier, Eduardo Sanchez. Um, these are people that have, um, you know, that are written and directed horror movies who have, um, been part of different, um, horror genres. I know I listened to one of the podcast. Um it's I forgot this guy's name. I know I'm like so I'm so loserish with these names. But he was speaking about Wes Craven and how he came up with the whole Freddy Krueger character. And um I know I said couple couple podcasts behind I think it was with um Cursed. Um I was talking about like how Wes Craven just, like, threw his hands up because of the Weinstein, you know, what, BS bullshit um, company. We're just giving uh, Wes Craven so much hell, changing the script. They dropped the actor, which is Skeet Ulrich, who was going um be in Cursed. But they dropped him and put Pacey, Joshua Jackson, in his place. And they said the script was so great. That's the reason why they the actors like Christina Ricci, uh Jason I, Ein- Einhorn, uh the dude that like played <laughs> Columbus on Zombieland, they they was just like, Yeah, we're on board. And they just fucked up the whole script. They fucked up everything um on this movie that West Craven. This was actually Wes Craven's first and last werewolf movie which was cursed Um uh, Wes Craven's first uh vampire movie was Vampire Brooklyn and it definitely gave us b-movie vibes it had the laughs it had the scares um especially having Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett on there and the late John Witherspoon and, and also Dwayne Dwayne Dean Hardison who um starred in Death by Temptation a very uh lost classic To me, it's a classic uh, movie of a succubus trying to get, you know, to this little (laughs) country bumpkin-ass little boy that was a preacher's son. And um, to me, right there, Death by Temptation was one of those horror movies that really stuck with me for a very, very long time. And the guy who wrote it, he starred in it uh, as the country bumpkin who went to go visit his city city cousin. Uh, his name is James Bond the 3rd. He written directed it, everything else like that. But um First Class Horror, I mean, they have they have some very very legit, I mean, very interesting guests um on here. They're usually like an hour, an hour and a half or whatever. Um but it has like a really great following. I do enjoy um the people that are behind the scenes of horror movies, um, they usually have the most, um, how would I the say, like the most stories, the most um, influences. Um, especially when it deals with the horror genre and how they make it, um, what goes into the script, the makeup, uh, the special effects, effect, the practical effects, things like that. Um, and of course of other uh, horror movies that they have um, previous previously have been in but like i said um enough of that right there and i am very serious <laughs> about rent, having a rental husband rental boyfriend fiance i am going to be making my w9 forms um you will have an obligatory uh, 10% of pda uh, we're going to have matching sets. It doesn't matter what type of clothes we are wearing. It can be matching rings. I, I, I just don't care. Just as long as you drive the car whatever. I take another road trip. A long road trip to be exact. That's the reason why I'm dead ass tired. And <laughs> and the grounds for dismissal if you lose your position um, as being a rental boyfriend, husband, um, fiance, is that you do not argue with me. You do not complain about everything um you do not ask for me for special favors because that is not your job to ask me questions (laughs) sounds a little interesting right there but um following into what i'm saying is new year's evil new year's evil like i said is a 1980 slasher film but guess what the serial killer is actually the main star's husband this very easy simple plot that um we watch and everything like i said it's very very easy this is like the time that your teacher has written all the answers on the board and all you have to do is just look up on the board and copy them down just know which um, answer to put in which question and you will make an easy hundred that is how New Year's Eve horror is very easily to guess who the serial killer is and the twist is that is The twist The Mim's Night shalom twist is that is the husband now we wonder why why is the husband? doing all these murders Well, guess what? It's because he has a wife, which is played by Roz Kelly. She was on Happy Days. And she has this big time show. And she is doing a whole bunch of countdowns of every, every, what you call it, time zone. And so she's really big in Los Angeles. And so this lady, she's very career oriented um she is really want to make a big name for herself in households now the type of music that she plays on her show is punk rock punk rock at the moment in the 1980s uh really swept really really big especially on the west coast and the east coast and also really really huge in the uk now down here where i'm at in the south down south is where i stay punk rock was was a no-no Maybe you can find punk rock, um, especially in cities like Dallas or Houston, but usually it's people that uh, had like MTV or cable TV and they were exposed a little bit more to punk rock or they have traveled um, to the East Coast and West Coast and brought some of that flavor back down here. at old raunch-stomping Doc Martens. You got your, uh, 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 your, your colored uh, mohawks, um, your, your piercings and everything. And, um, I remember there was a show long time ago that I used to watch called The Young Ones and it was from the UK and it had like, (laughs) Nigel was very punk rock and everything. He was very, very punk rock. Um, for those who um, don't know, uh, the show, The Young Ones, it has Rick Mayer, um, Rick Mayer, um, played, uh, Drop Dead Fred. Um, I really enjoyed him. And the young ones, there's about like four roommates, and it just seems like they're just fucking, fucking poor and just don't have any money and they panhandle, do all kind of crazy ass shit. But I remember uh, Nigel, um, he was like talking about he was pregnant and he had nothing but a big old, like, gas bubble baby and everything. He's like farted everywhere. Boy, I fell out laughing. I know a little girl watching the young ones but i still understand the humor but um that punk rock influence was coming in through the 80s and it also spurned off the offspring you actually had no doubt that um had that ska punk feel with it before they went all pop 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 and when stefani said i ain't no a bat girl um punk rock was uh deem as bit much like the devil's music just like in the 50s when rock and roll was coming out that is the devil's music but you know punk rock still has like a really big influence even though it's um has like died out a little bit of course like the whole pop and the the rap the trap and all that shit um This is where the disco has died. Disco literally did die in the 80s. Um, This is where you had more synth-pop, like Depeche Mode. Um, You had shit, you know, uh, Flock of Seagulls. You know, you could, I mean, even Joy Division. It was like a lot of things during that era when punk rock was so, so, like, badass. I mean, Misfits which we, uh, known as, um, Danzing, then Glenn Danzing was with the Misfits, um, we got Blondie, they had, like, that punk rock feel with their shit, oh, I can go on, I can really, really go on and everything, you know what I'm saying, I know people like, well, how can you remember all that, bitch, I got a brain like an elephant sometimes, (laughs) but I, um, really did got exposed to that music, um, I really did get exposed a little bit of that culture, um, the same way with goth. It was so hilarious. Um, this lady who uh, used to go out with my dad years and years ago, and she's seen the podcast, you know, interview on YouTube. And she was like, you know, you always been in that goth. Yes, ma'am. I definitely have been in that goth, and a little bit of that punk rock and a little bit of that uh that new wave everything, you know. Um just just that's just me, you know, that's just me. But Diane, like I said, she had, does host a, a show of punk rockers. Um, the best thing about this movie is that they highlighted um, real-life punk rock bands. It wasn't no guys that you just pull off the street and say, hey, look like you know how to play a guitar. And there it is. And so Roz, excuse me, Diane just kept getting these phone calls, strange phone calls. Dun, 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 dun. It was the killer... Of course he gave her a clue, like I said, this plot line is very very easy to figure it out and saying like I'm much closer than you think and I will be murdering somebody and she of course she took it as a joke um you know until he makes actually his official official murder. Now when he murders these women He stabs them and he records them. So when he goes to a payphone, like dinosaurs, payphones are pretty much like dinosaurs. I get very excited if I go travel somewhere and I see a payphone, I take a picture of it. And he is making these calls to the little hotline. And is really, really rattled um, because this is where they have to call the police. Um, She hears the young lady screaming for her life. And this is... This is some real deal shit. Now, Diane has a son named Derek. Um, Derek came to see her. Um, Derek looks a little bit unhinged at the moment and everything because he was trying to tell his mother, hey, I got this role and this part and blah, 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 blah. Would you be proud of me? She's just like, oh, you know, that's cool. But, um, you know, tell me after the show. So she just brushes him off to the side because she's like, I mean, this show is very important to her this night. And Derek feels so sad because his mother wouldn't even take out the time to listen to him. But she did ask him a question, another clue, that does he still have the headaches? And he was like, no, lying-ass son of a bitch, you're lying. And, of course, Diane is wondering, where's Yvonne? Where's Yvonne? Yvonne is her advertisement marketing um, person that's on her team um, the same way with her um, manager well Yvonne is actually the first person to be murdered by her husband and sadly to say just going to say it like it is black people do not last very long in horror movies um, Yvonne didn't even last close, not even close to 10 minutes in this movie she gets stabbed and I'm wondering why how come we didn't record her but then again reasons and stuff Um, But Yvonne was very, very pretty, and I was just like, look at that beautiful white pantsuit that she has with that beautiful tropical orange blouse. She had the braids back in the day where it had the the beads, you know, the beads. You be slapping them beads upside your face, and I used to have those as a kid, and I said, I sure do miss those little beads and stuff. But she had a beautiful suit, and I was like, damn, I want to find a motherfucking suit just like that. And I be the hottest bitch stepping around, <laughs> but my top gotta be a little bit low cut. Gotta show, I gotta show the girls off, but not too much. Just a sample, just give you a little, just give you like a little fantasy. Just, ooh, I wonder what's down that shirt. <laughs> but sadly, she is the first and the last black person in this movie, and she's off in the beginning. And so, with all the recordings of her husband, the damn serial killer, um, they call the, uh, police, the detective gets down there, he is, like, being, like, an asshole because he's now blaming Diane because of the type of show that she was running, which nothing wasn't wrong, punk rock wasn't wrong, really, um, during those days, he blames her to say, like, this is what you bring, uh, because you know, the type of music that you play, the type of people, you know, these are like this infestation of scum that you're drawing into your show. That's the reason why this person is doing that. And I was like, whoa, 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 motherfucker, you just don't sit there and blame this woman because she has a show that's like a Dick Clark type situation, and that even though you do not like the punk rock subculture does not mean that it's her own fucking fault like dude shut the fuck up man like seriously you should have been like oh my gosh you know this is crazy you know um that was besides the point of bringing up his motherfucking ashy ass emotions and feelings um into this really uh, serious situation of a nurse that got murdered and played the playback um to diane now diane is getting very very nervous and she's like damn the show must go on now she's just like i don't know if i can take it but i'm gonna try to muster through it you know i'm gonna try to soldier it out that's pretty much what she did she tried to soldier that shit out now, his second um, killings were, like, two young ladies at a bar. I'm telling you, her husband, Richard, um, this motherfucker, was Dana Carey, a uh, master of disguise. Talking about turtle, turtle, turtle. This dude had spirit gum to put his little 70s mustache on, looking like a hot dude. He picks up two chicks from the bar. Um, they have no boyfriends or whatever, but they're just enjoying a night of new year's eve and everything and so guess what he got a two for one and he murders both of them at the stroke of midnight at each time zone that turns midnight on new year's eve now this is getting really really worrisome for diane because now she's just like i don't know if i can take this anymore because guess what her husband is actually torturing the shit out of his wife but wait we got a understand why is he doing this okay so basically richard as the cops found out that richard was actually an ex mental patient at the sanitarium that he has murdered that young nurse he also was on his way to kill a nun whenever he put his priest outfit on like i said he was like the master of disguises and shit um until he runs into some bikers um biker subculture was also looked down to um he ran into him at the light he wasn't paying attention um like i said we have a little bit of that silent night deadly night where billy is going after mother superior for all the fuck shit that she did to him psychologically growing up and it seems like some psychologically fucked up shit happened to Richard because he's sitting there looking down at the Mother Superior that was um in a book or something like that, as I can kind of look at it you know from the screen and and of course he accidentally. Um, run into some bikers so he got a little bit sloppy right there he started to get very very sloppy um whenever he ran into the bikers so the bikers were looking after was going after him he thought he got away from them. he went to a drive-in movie theater (laughs) i'm just gonna let y'all know we actually have a drive-in movie theater down here in in um, east texas it's our um dirty 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 secret because the drive-in movie theater is an x-rated one and if you feeling all froggy and nifty and everything you can take a drive outside of tyler on 31 highway 31 and hit up the apache x-rated movie theater just saying i've been there a couple of times for fun for shits and giggles uh but yeah some of those people are really are looking for a good time and i was just like ew gross but well, back to the point, what I was saying, well, Richard, he stabs the guy that um, made a disparaging remark um, at him at the red light before he ran into him. And Richard basically like, hey, would you like, Do you don't wouldn't fuck with nobody that's a priest and everything and biker dude like i don't even give a shit if you are a priest i'm gonna still gonna fuck you up because she fucked up my bike and richard stabs him i'm like oh my god like i said he was getting very very sloppy at this so richard kidnaps a girl and steals a car um he is driving on the highway and the girl is just pleading with her life i was oh lord jesus there was two drunks that got in richard's way she jumps out of the car um she runs through um these woods and into like a baseball diamond and i was sitting there looking at this damn run that richard was doing i was like hold up this man is running like he is jogging on the santa monica pier on his 5 a.m jog and you and girl you trying to tell me you can't run fast enough you can't run fast like that he is running slow she needs to run a little bit faster but instead her dumb dumb ass um hid up under a storage shed right by the bleachers so he was teasing and taunting her with the blade hitting it on the bleachers and i was just like i wish i could see my face yeah his little goofy ass taunting i was like lord have mercy i can easily just drop kick this motherfucker right here i mean i have to have like a brick or something to hit his ass but that shit right there uh no until the cops came the cops intervened and the girl was saved yay he did not kill this young lady that was getting her smoke on her blow on and getting her tits felt up in the back seat of the car at the drive-in theater yeah i would be mad at him to go Fuck up my high. Fuck up my. Fuck up my makeup session. My makeout session, in the backseat of a car. Boo you, Richard. Boo boo boo. So Richard, he takes off. Um, he finally gets to the hotel where Diane is at. Now they did not know that Richard actually checked in the hotel. A couple of days but he lied to diane saying he was in palm springs and that like he couldn't make it to her show and there was another clue um also that when her agent said it's like an agent a manager one of the two it doesn't even matter um says like why would you need that guy for that guy ain't really that good for you that is another red flag of saying that if her manager picked up on Richard that like he's basically not a good person why you worry about him even though I know that's your husband and stuff but something's a little off with this guy your manager is trying to tell you something I know they book your shows and they get like the 10% cut you know off of you because they're working for you but Guess again. If your manager saying like, "Yo, I don't know why you weren't about that dude and everything. I don't like this dude." That lets us know that Richard sucks at what he is. Well, their son Derek was upstairs in Diane's room. He is literally going crazy. He takes like three pills and he drinks water. And he mentions to himself that, "Am I having a mental breakdown?" Yes, you are. You you are, sir. Because you don't sit there and got your mama pantyhose and you cut them up and you put them over your face and everything. Looking like a straight ass punk rock, a uh, 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 glittery burglar with these damn red ass fishnet stockings that she have, And I got to thinking, uh man that been on your mama right there, ew, ew. But Richard, like I said... He planned his whole thing out, and he has been at the same hotel room as Diane. Um, he has a trunk full of everything from disguises. He also pulls out this damn MacGyver box of goodies, and I call them roach clips. You can tell reason why I call them roach clips and everything, but there was some roach clips with some wiring and everything, so Richard got some MacGyver skills. And he goes and messes with the elevator and he watches on the monitor of his wife Diane and the cop and everything. Um, after he snuck in into the hotel room, he also snuck in into Diane's room and surprised her with the mask. Ding 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 ding. Like I said, this plot is easily to figure it out. Well. She was so happy to see him because she was so blinded and saying like, oh my God, this killer, you know, she was mentioning it to him and talking about what was going on and he just didn't seem like, oh, okay, but he started to give himself away. This dude gave himself away and Diane just, it just went over Diane's head and I was just like, Diane, he just basically just gave you some clues he just actually just told on himself diane he told on himself and she didn't pick it up i said lord jesus but then again i totally understand diane because if you have been getting phone calls of people getting murdered and he's playing them um back on his ghetto blaster boom box and everything boom box you know wearing fingerless lo- fingerless gloves and stuff um yeah but she didn't she didn't pick up the clues but the cop that was um you know watching her um he noticed something was strange because he asked Richard like how did you get up here there's nobody supposed to not be up here He's like, well, you know, the manager gave me the approval to come upstairs. Well, the cop's like, oh, that's some bullshit right there. I smell bullshit. Dude, he is actually the only one from LAPD that uses cop intuition on some shit. So he radios that in because he's like, uh-uh, this ain't gonna fly right here. But back to the elevator scene, um, like I said, Richard was doing some MacGyver shit. He messed with the um elevator he made it go down so fast where it really uh knocked the cop and diane unconscious he kicks the cop in the face he drags them on out um he talks to diane and this is the real dialogue of why he's doing all these murders um killing poor innocent women at every uh uh, you know time zone when it turns midnight and he's basically just saying like look i have mental issues you don't even know me for like 20 something years because we've got a 20 something year old son but i hate women Urgh. i hate them i hate them i hate em. Uh, they're weak and, and, and y'all are liars and and, and and y'all are this and he even got the fuss into my you you give me an allowance Oh, it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, chief. So you was harboring all of this resentment within the 20 years that you have been married to Diane and no fucking chance that you had to grow some balls uh, or anything else to like actually uh, make a name for yourself. Even though Diane is like the top breadwinner in her family. Um, But he still has the obligation as a man and as a husband to seek what he wants to get out of life. So he actually has that free will. But remember, he blames Diane of all his woman problems. The reason why he's misogynistic. The reason why he's murdering them. That they're no good. They need to be wiped off the face of earth. And that like Diane was such a bad mom. And, you know, that was one thing that Richard did point out that was her fault, is that she did not listen to Derek when Derek was telling her the good news that he won a part in, you know, in an acting role. And, you know, and he was just like, you didn't even, like, pay attention to him i done told you know he done told me everything how you did him but i know me and my son we're gonna have a great time without you we're just gonna let you sleep in and shit so he chains her up like junkyard dog um and chained her up to the damn elevator i was like god dang man have you heard of divorce You don't have to do that lady like that. I'm like, damn, that's the easiest, simplest way from what I'm looking at from this point of view, not the killer, uh, divorce, separation, whatever, um, something. So he does all this shit. I mean, he is literally taking, he really thought this shit out and, um, the elevator goes up. She actually sees Yvonne, uh, the head of Yvonne inside the elevator shaft it scares shit out of her, she's like, yeah, this is where Yvonne's at, she's been dead all this time, and of course, the LAPD comes in, there's about like six or seven of motherfuckers, it's just one of Richard, and I don't know how in the hell that this fool sit there and outgunned him when there's six revolvers shooting at this one person, and y'all can't even get a damn hit off his ass, I was just like, never the fucking mind right there. So he takes off and he gets on top of the roof. Now he puts his mask on and there was a cop up there. And all of a sudden, Richard started reciting poetry. I was like, I didn't know this was Poetry Corner on New Year's Eve on top of a hotel roof. After that, he recites his poetry, and of course wearing his real face, which is the mask, he leaps off the building, taking that nest team plunge, but there's no tea down below. It's nothing but concrete. So Richard offs himself, even though he has committed like a couple of heinous crimes of murdering women, taunting and torturing his wife on the biggest day that she um she was really um trying to make it in her career. Now Diane is found, she is unchained, she's getting in the ambulance. Well, his son goes down and he is hugging his father, crying and everything else, and he picks up the mask and pockets it. So when Diane's getting into the ambulance, the ambulance worker turns around like, all right, let's go. And guess what? It was Derek with his father's mask after he done bled in the mask and probably threw up in it. I don't know. And Derek actually makes his first kill. Like father, like son, and that's the end of the movie. New Year's Eve, <clears throat> evil, is one of those movies that you just watch whenever you're bored, um, you know. And it's not like a bad movie, but like I said, the plot is very, uh, easy to really, um, figure out. Um, the mystery. I'm just going to say it wasn't no any mystery with it because, it, I mean, even like a 14 year old can figure out that Richard was the serial killer um, in this movie. Now, you got a little bit of that Dexter Morgan and Harrison type shit going on, but this is years and years and years before uh, the new season of Dexter came out in November. So, you have that dark passenger passing down the genes of, like, serial killers, uh, psycho killers, you know, down to their offsprings. Um, we have that in motion with this movie. Um, another thing that what I picked up out of it is, like, this is something of maybe, you know, my theory on it is the creation of Ted Bundy. Now, Ted Bundy was a real person. They have had documentaries. They did a movie. I know Zach. Efron, with his fine ass, had portrayed Ted Bundy. Now, Ted Bundy was married also to a woman. But Ted Bundy was also a serial killer that has killed we don't know how many women back in the 70s. He was also on a game show. Um, One of the contestants, and I've seen this clip and... My God, Ted Bundy was very scary. Um, Ted Bundy was clean cut. He had this good looking American, um, you know, boy next door looks and everything. The charm, all the nines that you can, you know, you can call on. And it's the same thing with Richard. But one of the contestants felt very uneasy. She's like, I don't think I want to go out on a date with Ted Bundy. Gladly. And that she listened to her instincts that Ted Bundy would have killed her. She would have became one of his victims. But thank God, thank Buddha, uh, uh, Elon Musk, and everybody else, Jeff Bezos, that she did not go on a date with Ted Bundy. And Ted Bundy um, did die. I believe they did execute him from all the murders. And they say he still have. there's still some women that are missing or they have not uncovered some of their bodies because nobody doesn't know how many women and young girls that um, he has murdered throughout these years. So you are getting that Ted Bundy vibe, same thing with Richard. Richard was married. um, He has a son. um, The lady was good looking and, you know, um, he was holding his real self in because he was actually wearing the disguise of being Richard. But when he put the mask on, he was evil. And so another thing that I looked at is the dynamics of what was going on. Um, this is a family that did not even know each other. Now, uh, Richard, like I said, blamed a lot of his issues on women and especially with Diane um, Diane was very career uh, focused she was career oriented um, she made the most money but it seems like she just did not pay attention too much attention to her family because she was always on the road um, she always had gigs and things like that now I'm not gonna sit there and say like well I, I feel sorry for Diane I actually feel sorry for Diane because he did torture the fuck out of her but I don't feel sorry for Diane for not paying attention um, to what was really going on inside her home because she was very, I wouldn't say unaware, but it's like she just kind of, she pretty much kind of like ignored things and just trying to uh, put it in her mind like everything was really, really perfect. Um Diane should have um asked questions whenever she met Richard about his background situations, but then this is the 80s. Um there was no uh background search, none of that shit like we have right now. Um just because he was good-looking does not mean that he was going to be a great person. She just found this out on New Year's Eve that her husband is actually the serial killer that's going around killing Um, all women in the Los Angeles area. Now, with Richard and everything, Richard uh, should have not sought Diane as a wife and the reason why he sought Diane as a wife is because he's seen parts of his mother inside Diane because just because you didn't get that shit from your mama and everything when you was growing up don't mean you can get that that shit that you missed as a child with a grown ass woman. That is so wrong and that is so fucked up. It's very toxic and it's very dysfunctional. Um. The same thing with women who look for men that is like somewhat close to their dad or they miss something, a piece of what their dad did not um, instill in them or did not show um, when they were growing up. You know, they look for people to like heal them. And that's what Richard was doing. He, even though he was an ex-mental patient and they thought he was doing great, he wasn't taking his meds. Um, he got involved with a woman and married her and tried to live a normal life. The same way, the way how Ted Bundy was. But Ted Bundy was actually killing people while he was married. And it's the same way uh, with Richard. He's still married to the woman and killing women, you know, in the process right there. So this is just showing like how fucked up Family can be how fucked up Richard is uh just sitting there just thinking this woman is just gonna be his fucking savior, and really, it just made him go into a downward spiral and really just upsetting. His uh, mental state as it is, he probably have killed somebody uh, probably before the age of 18 or whatever. That's the reason why he was locked up in a mental hospital. Um, Same thing with um, Diane. Diane should have known something was wrong with Richard before she had a kid and before she got married. Um, You know, and then you spawned it like the damn um devil and everything of course Derek was good looking gorgeous blue eyes blonde hair baby face and everything else um now you have you spurned a damn serial killer and everything and that's the reason why you always make sure who in the hell you are sleeping with and who in the hell you're gonna have a baby with because you never know But yeah, alright then, that is enough of my time right there from the Random Horror Show as we film, review, and commentate, and just being silly as fuck um, with New Year's Evil. And for those, for the 2022, if y'all single, please make sure you do background searches on the lady that you're dating or the man that you're dating. It doesn't matter. Because in a way, this movie kind of is like a cautionary tale. Of if you put it in a reality type situation, who in the hell are you with? And as like Maya Angelou says, if they show you who they are, believe it. And Richard definitely showed who the hell he was. And Diane sure did believe it. Alright then, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the weekend and a great 2022, and we're going to go ahead and have some more bangers um, later on within the week of the Random Horror Show podcast. Thank you for listening.